Hi, I'm Kelly, and this is my new podcast that I just made up. It is called Notes from the Urban Farm. Now, uh, hold on, because I'm recording this in my she shed, and I opened up the door because I can't have the air conditioning on because it's too loud and a bunch of goats. I am not even making this up. Just jumped into my office, and now they are trying to eat my paperwork, and it is really problematic. Get out. Out. Guys, out. Out. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this over again. Hold hold on, I'll be right back. Okie doke, and I'm back. So that was a uh, suboptimal. We'll just we'll call it suboptimal. Uh, so now I am recording this, and it is really hot in here. So it's not gonna be a super long podcast because the air conditioner in my she shed. By the way, I have a tough shed that has been finished out. That is my office. And it has an air conditioner, so it's very comfortable and nice to work in, but it is too loud when it's running, so it's really hot outside, but if I open the door in order to get a little bit of breeze in here, then goats come in, Um, which I'm sure is a totally normal thing that happens to you all the time during your day. You open a door, goats come in and eat your paperwork. Anyway, I am Kelly Maher. This is a podcast that I just made up called Notes from the Urban Farm, and it's just basically a quick update, minimal editing. I didn't even like put up music or anything on it, and it's just what is happening at the farm this week. It is just me hanging out and chatting with you because I feel like doing that, and I have a Substack. It's called Real Best Life, and for premium subscribers... You get two things a week. For free subscribers, you get one on Thursdays. And it's just a fun Substack. But I noticed on Substack, lots of people are now incorporating podcasting and audio into their projects. And although I love to do the written updates and the longer stories, they're kind of esoteric, right? And By the way, another thing that I noticed is, um, so I happen to be a person who listens and loves podcasts. I did podcasting with some of my girlfriends for years. Um, And like many people, I'm not exactly sure why, I just really love some true crime. But as I was commuting with my kids and taking them to school, they just started school. Hence the fact I have a little bit of time to cut quick podcasts to post. Um, the baby, so I have two kids, five and three, and the younger one, who I refer to as the baby, we were driving this morning and he kept going like, fire, fire, death, fire. And I was like, oh, maybe I should not be listening to true crime podcasts with my kids in the car. So my hope is to just give you a little bit of a break, bring you into what is happening here on our tiny little farm, nestled at the base of the Rocky Mountains, just north of Denver, Colorado. Um, but also just give you give you a break from your day and tell you about sometimes ridiculous things that are happening here, but also bring you into just the beauty that is tiny urban farming and thinking about where your food comes from and also the weird stories that happen here because all kinds of bananas things happen here all the time and also hopefully something that you can listen to in the car with your kids if you feel like it or when you're doing laundry or when you're working out or 
whatever, whatever the thing is that you're doing, it is nice to have an audio version of things that are going on. So first and foremost, what is happening here at the farm? The reason that the goods even have access to the area where the she shed is, is because I have two different pens going right now that are goats and I have two males and each pen now has some females in the hopes that 155-ish days from today, we will have baby goats. <laughs> so the babies who are not being bred to anybody are now kind of in the middle and they're just running across the property, including into my office, because we are allowing, you know, a little bit of some space and privacy to all of the older ladies in order to have a little bit of, you know, time to make babies. I'm trying to think about this with like an, an ear to children in the car, but that's the thing that happens. I love to milk goats. One of my favorite things in the world is to make cheese. And in order to be able to make cheese, you have to have milk. And in order for goats to have milk, they first have to have babies. Just like every other mammal, goats will lactate as a result of having babies, but you have to have the babies as part of that. So we have two males on different sides of the property. All the baby goats are in the middle who are too young to breed, and now they're invading everything, including but not limited to my she shed. Of the two groups, we have one that is the younger kids. This is their first year breeding. This is their first year doing their thing, and they've never had babies before, either the girls and their husband, <laughs> their their goat husband, is um, young. He's real young. He was born in February, so he's like seven months old. And so he also has not ever been through this, you know, making baby cycle before. And it is like watching prepubescent like teenagers trying to figure out their lives. And so in my article this week, I wrote on the premium substack about how it's just basically like my first middle school dance watching these people or the, they're not people, not to anthropomorphize goats, watching these goats try to figure out how to do the things to create the new babies on the farm for next spring. And uh, it's called All Elbows and Knees. And they are just ridiculously awkward. They like are yelling at each other and sniffing and falling over and being ridiculous. And it is, it's really funny, but it also just throws me back into my 13 year old self or my like 13 to 15 year old self where I was like heading towards adulthood. And I'm really tall, I'm six feet tall. And so trying to put myself in the mental space of my preteen self is kind of hilarious. I was six feet tall. I have curly blonde hair, but I didn't know what to do with it. So I looked kind of like a really tall cocker spaniel haired with like glasses. And I think at that point I still had braces and I did not know how to exist in the world. And that's essentially where these goats are. 
just developmentally. Like they do not know how to exist in the world. And so we're going to give them a couple months to kind of figure it out. So that's the first thing is now we've got everybody split up into their breeding pens and they're all with their respective husbands and looking forward to seeing how those genetics play. And in 150 to 155 days, then we should have babies. Also, really exciting prospect because there is nothing, nothing better than fresh baby goats. Like it is the most fun thing in the universe. So I hope at that point you're going to stick around and we're going to talk about that. Um, So that's the first thing that's going on is it is the time of the season where it's just like time for love. The It's starting to get cooler in the evenings. All the goats are trying to figure out how to exist and how to cohabitate with their new spouses. And it's just it's a lot of drama. It's a lot of shuffling. But it's also just really fun to see how these personalities are starting to mesh with one another and then think about what kind of babies those are going to have, both in terms of milk and in terms of personalities and in terms of looks. Like, technically, if you're raising dairy goats, what you're supposed to think about is the udder and the milk and the butterfat content of the milk and all of these things. But also, like, nobody's going to be sad when they get a super cute baby goat, right? Like, nobody gets sad about that. So uh, I also just kind of wonder, like, oh, are they going to be so cute? So that's the first thing. The second thing is, last week, I got this email from this lady named Susan. And she said, hey, um, do you do tours? Or do you allow people to come and visit? And I was like, I mean look, this is our home, right? This isn't like a commercial farm. And yeah, sure. I would I would love for you to come and visit this uh, farm. And she goes, oh, it's my friend's birthday. She loves goats. And we just really want to see some goats. And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to have some people come and visit and see goats because it's a delight. So um, we were supposed to meet yesterday, didn't quite work out. And so these women came by today and they were absolutely delightful. I mean, just utterly delightful. And it's one of those things where you start to feel like it's like kismet, you know, where you meet these people and you're just instantly friends. And they were, um, the three of them were all nurses together, turned uh, a couple of them turned artists. And so we talked about art and goats and milk and cheese. And it was just, it was so much fun. And so I asked them, you know, what is it that you decided to move from the medical field to art? And how did that work? And I was so fascinated by that. And they had great stories. And it was so cool And also, it just felt like it was exactly what I needed at this moment because I am kind of in a in a similar vein, right? Like they they hit their midlife crisis and were like, "Eh, you know what? I don't actually want to be a nurse. I want to be an artist instead. And I think that a lot of people and a lot of my friends are trying to figure out, like, what is the next step for me? 
what is what does the next thing look like? Either we're emerging from the pandemic and it's like, you know, we're finally starting to like break out and decide what the thing is. For me, my kids finally are both in school. So I have just a little bit of time during the day where I can actually focus and do the things and produce something, which is, by the way, why I'm talking into a microphone in a shed in a million degrees. But but all of my friends at this point, and I don't know if it's a function of our age or if it's a function of the times, are trying to remake ourselves or figure out what the next step is or grow into the next thing. And for me, you know, I've had this Substack, Real Best Life, for a year, and it's been great and it's grown. But my issue is I don't know necessarily how to find the people who are interested in it. Also, it's it is short stories from the farm, but somewhat like esoteric, right? It's not like, hey, every this is for everybody. And in my previous slash professional life, I worked in politics, which is, by the way, if you didn't know that, a hugely controversial thing to do. Um, and mostly like I cringe when I tell people that I work in and I'm a professional in politics, but I have 20 years of experience in this, right? Like I have 20 years understanding how polling works and talking about how to message certain things and how to connect with people and all. And now I'm on the precipice of 40 and it's time to figure out what the next step is. It's time to get a job and it's time to figure out what that looks like. And so it was just, it was so special to me to have these women come and they were in the same position. They were nurses and just were like, you know what? I actually want to be an artist. Oh, and by the way, I love goats. So it was, it was really fun. It was really special. And it gave me one of those like wake up calls, right? Which is, <clears throat> I just need to move forward and I need to produce things. And hopefully, like, if you build it, they will come. Hence the fact that I am sitting here talking into a microphone by myself in a shed, uh, which sounds like what an insane person would be doing. Similarly, one of my girlfriends, Emily, said the, this week, and it was something that was so good that I actually took it and printed it out on my printer and hung it up on the wall over my uh, desk. And she said, the secret to success is just being cringe. And it is a much more modern but great way of saying like, perfect is the enemy of the good. And so many times I have so many like half done YouTube videos and half written pieces and and I have two well produced podcast ideas. But the thing is like, they just never come to fruition because the barrier to entry is so high, which is why I'm just sitting here talking. I just took the girls and I put them in the pen and it's like breeding time on the farm because the march of time is relentless and creation is, is it is so hard and figuring out what you want to do when you grow up is so hard and all of these things are so hard. And yet we just must continue to do them. So these women that I just met, literally just met, came to the farm. I'm like, oh, here's my goats. Here, pet a goat. Happy birthday. Um, 
it is so nice to meet you. And they were artists or nurses turned artists. And then she asked, well, you know, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And it was such a good question. Similarly, last night, I went and I met a girlfriend of mine and it was so great. My husband took the kids. I got to pretend like I was a grown up. We met and we had cocktails. And by the way, this is the thing that I did. I brought some goat cheese to her because she loves goat cheese and I hid it in my purse. And then we met ahead of time at a nice restaurant and she opened it. (laughs) So we had um, clandestine goat purse cheese with the charcuterie at the the nice restaurant and we had nice cocktails and we chatted and it was so great and I love this girlfriend and she is so good and she asked me something similar like what do you want to do because I said you know I am I am now finally on the job hunt and it's really hard because I have spent all of this time in politics and it's just tough. I don't necessarily want to do politics. I also am struggling with how to articulate what my real world skills are and how to translate that into anything else but politics, which is like, oh, hey, I can do some polling and some analysis and some strategy and I can communicate. Okay, I'm, I'm like a decent writer. Uh, I make jokes. Also, I love farming and I love goats, but that doesn't necessarily translate into money. In fact, it is the opposite of translating into money. It just steals your money. And now my kids are in school and I have to figure out like what is the next step for me. And I just think that the next step for me is A, applying to jobs, which I'm doing daily, but B, also just creating things. Just creating things. So here I set creating a thing, which is just talking to myself in a shed that's really hot because I can't open the door uh, because there's goats. So that's what's going on here. The baby chicks, the guinea chicks are growing and that's amazing and I love them. Uh, I have some eggs in the incubator right now and I do this thing called candling eggs. And what you do when you candle eggs is you take a really high powered flashlight and you just put it on the egg and you look inside. And it's an, and, and when you do it in the dark, then you can kind of see an outline of what's happening in the egg. And when a chick is being formed, it will form blood vessels and it will create like a dark spot. And once you have candled enough eggs, you can start to realize this one is fertile, this one is not, this one is fertile, this one is not, and you can start to separate them from the ones that are going to be chicks and the ones that aren't. So I am in that process. And one of the things that I told my girlfriend last night when she was asking me what I want to do and what I told these nurses is I want to figure out how to help people recapture the magic of life. And so my girlfriend and I were sitting there and we we had some margaritas in front of us. And I was and I looked at her. I was like, this is magic. We are sitting in Colorado in the Mountain West. And we are drinking a, I assume, imported from Mexico liquor with a lime and 
triple sack. And if you think over the course of time, oh, with, with a salt rim. So we are nowhere near the sea, but we have a salt rim on this glass. And we have these limes in these glasses. Limes in August in Colorado is basically a miracle for the vast majority of human history. This would be the pinnacle moment of somebody's entire existence. And I want to help people remember that because we're so into our stress and we're so into our hard days and they are hard and our stresses are real, but also we are the wealthiest we have ever been over the course of human history. And it, it is so important to take that perspective. I mean, you have a Mexican agave liquor, you have triple sec, you have ice, ice in August in Colorado. It's bananas. And yet it is so hard to remember that that is basically magic. And so I want to figure out how to help people remember that things are completely magic all the time. Everything is amazing. And no one is, no one feels that way anymore. And I certainly don't. So I want to help remind other people of that, but also remind myself. So if I got to pick my ideal job, because I've got to pick my ideal job and then work my way back. And the truth is maybe I will like find some paths on the road that are totally different. Obviously, I need to figure out how to make money because I have been now for the last year trying to kind of like cobble cobble stuff together and it's time to like really put a fine point on it because my kids are finally in school. And this, by the way, is kind of the entire thing that so many women are facing because when, when the pandemic happened, so many women either like stepped out or entered the gig economy or tried a bunch of different things in order to try to make everything work and in order to try to cobble a bunch of things together. But it is, it's exhausting. It's a, it's so hard for people. And every friend I have is going through this all at the same time. We're all emerging but we can't go back to before it happened. And we're all languishing and figuring out what the next steps are all at the same time. And it is it is like this oppressive cloud. One of my girlfriends last week told me that she, and I loved this term, she told me that she dropped her basket. She, she's like, I just, I just dropped my basket. And it is, I, especially... And I mean, primarily I talk to my women friends, but everybody is is feeling this. What is the next step? How, who am I? What am I going to become? And so I decided my ideal job is to be like a combination of Anthony Bourdain and Mike Rowe. Remember Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs? Except I want to go out and I want to talk to people who create food, like farmers and hunters and ranchers and I just want to help everybody remember how amazing everything is. And whether that's the creation of a margarita, which is basically like a modern miracle. By the way, 
the fact that we can order salads in the middle of winter in Colorado is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And we forget so easily because of just the sheer amount of responsibility and heartache and all of the issues that we are all facing. And by the way, we're all facing them. It, it just becomes, it becomes so hard. So that's my goal. I'm going to try to figure out how to be that when I grow up. I don't know if it's possible, but A, I really like eating things. B, I think farmers and food producers are amazing. And C, I think that people largely have become so separated from our food sources that we no longer have that as part of our national like consciousness. It's just a thing that exists. Like the the basics of our existence, our food, is a thing that largely people are separated from. And when you are separated from the process, it becomes very easy to take that for granted. It becomes really easy to sit with your girlfriend and sip your margaritas and feel grateful to be there together and to have a great conversation, but to forget that this is the most amazing time of the most amazing time. And yet, for some reason, it is really hard as people to be able to recognize that. And it's hard for me. It's so hard for me. And evangelizing that to others is a way to remind myself that everything is amazing. So, Sorry, that was like a really long rant. What is going on on the farm? Uh, I had some nurses come who became artists at 40 because they decided they didn't like their jobs anymore. I am looking down the barrel of 40 and trying to figure out how to find a job or figure out what the next thing is for me. And I'm not exactly sure what that looks like. Um, And I'm going to just keep producing and making stuff. And um, also, there's just like a lot of a lot of goats hooking up around here. Um, so that's that's what's going on. <laughs> anyway, um, this was Notes from the Farm, which is a podcast where just I basically talk and tell you what's happening here. And really, that was more of just like a uh, self-therapy session. Um, so it's very hot in here. I'm going to close it out there. I'm going to turn on the air conditioner. And I hope you're having a great week. Uh, if any of this like permeates with you or if you're feeling this, this way and you think everybody else is fine, no one else is fine. Nobody else is doing great right now. I think everybody is struggling and uh, drink a margarita. Look down at that ice. It's uh, basically a miracle. Also, uh, be my friend, please, and follow me on Instagram or please join my Substack. I do free. Oh, of course. Oh, look. It's my husband. Okay. Uh, did I turn the sound off on my phone? No, I did not. Um, join my Substack. It's realbestlife.substack.com. If you subscribe, I will really appreciate it. If you become a premium subscriber, I will be so, 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 so grateful. And uh, thanks for checking in. Thank you for allowing me to just like verbally say all of the things that I'm feeling. I hope you guys are having a great week. And uh, I'm Kelly Maher. See you later.